Welcome to another episode of Eat, Chit, and Dice, a fortnightly podcast about board games and sometimes food. Actually, usually something about food. I'm Jondi, <laughs> and with me as always is... Uh, since we're going off script, uh, can I change my name? Sure, go for it. All right. Uh, then you gotta, I gotta look around the room for some inspiration. Uh, no, I don't have any inspiration. Uh, it, it's still me, Jared. Uh, okay. Um, this week we're uh, mixing things up and we're talking about two different things because we kind of liked it when we did that. that. Sure, we can. We liked when we did that in uh, our last episode. Uh, so. Which, if you didn't listen to, um, it was our refried episode. So stop listening to this episode. You got to get caught, caught up yeah, on the plot. You know, you, you can't, you got to know what's going on. You got to get, click that notification <laughs> button. Right. So uh, today we're going to talk about. Um, really weird themes for board games. And we're also going to be talking about player elimination games. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. um, let's just jump right in there with uh, weird, strange board game themes. Okay. You just want to go down the list here in this order? Yeah, that sounds good. I have not played the the first few on the list. Uh, Okay. Well, that's that's fair. Um, I have. (laughs) Well, let's hear about it. So let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. there is a game where you are trying to make the best dog kennel shelter that you can. And it's called Dogs. Uh, I'm sorry, there's a cat making a lot of noise here because she's, I don't know, she found some catnip, I think. Um, <laughs> but you <clears throat> you move your, you have a truck that's your like dog animal control truck or whatever. So you move around town, you collect abandoned strays that you then bring into your kennel. You put them up for adoption and and stuff. Uh, some of them need medical care. Some of them need food. Uh, and if you have a better kennel and better dogs, you get the most points and you win. Uh, you can do some like upgrade kind of things. You can do a, like a dog show. It, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, the art is is different. It's like real, real cartoony. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it is interesting. Um, the part about it that I think is the most upsetting is so there's different dogs, and one of them is the dog from that really sad uh, dead dog episode of Futurama. Oh my god, seriously? Yeah, yeah. One of the dogs you can get is Seymour from Futurama. Johnny's taking off her glasses because she's already crying. Yeah, just thinking that's about it. that episode. Yes. It's like one of the few episodes I've seen of Futurama. Yeah, it's real it sad. Super depressing. Yeah, it's the worst. Uh, but yeah, it's a worker placement game slash set collection because, you know, you got to uh, get the dogs. Um, it came out on Kickstarter. They did like a reprint on Kickstarter a few years ago because originally it was a very small, like self-published game. It still is really small. I don't know how many copies there are in existence. Uh, let's see here. Board Game Geek says... 700 yeah 743 people say they own it so um the print run is probably like, like a thousand or two thousand yeah i'd guess like a so thousand it's probably pretty small but yeah i've got a copy of this game johnny's never played it but i guess i will have to change that yeah i'd play it yeah i like fun. i like set collection set collection it is, is an interesting game worker placement's fun so mm-hmm. yeah I'd, I'd, mm-hmm. give it, I'd give it a go yeah it's pretty cool it's not my favorite dog uh, catching game. Because <laughs> there are so many of them. <laughs> I think there's maybe like 
two more that I can think of. <laughs> but the, yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> well, we, we, I mean, we're supposed to be talking about weird games, and it's kind of a weird game. It is. It is definitely different. It is not as weird as the next game that's on this list, where you are a trash collector and you have to collect trash. So I'm really glad this one's recycle. about trash because when, when I saw the title, yeah, it's I called thought, Stinky Business. Yeah. So when I saw that title, I was really worried it was, it was about, about poop. I was really mm-hmm. worried it was about poop, and I was like, I really don't want to talk about a game about poop. And oddly enough, there are a lot of games about poop. Yeah. For some reason, uh, poop is a popular. I know. Topic. What is wrong with people? Um. We all do it. Yeah, but so do we really need games about we're all, it? We all do it. We're all ashamed of it. There is that dog poop game that... Yeah, uh, yeah doggy do? Dog, no, 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 oh, no. Oh, where it's like the, on the lawn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it actually comes. It actually comes with like little silicone <laughs> yeah. poops. Uh, and it's packaged like in a, a doggy in like bag. In doggy, yeah. uh, like a doggy poop bag. Yeah, no. I, I wish I, I could remember the that. name of that game. It's actually, mm-hmm. it's actually weirdly fun. Um, I would say that one fits into weird. Yeah. You're trying to keep other people's dogs from pooping on your lawn. Yeah. I don't remember the name of it. It was like a just a Kickstarter game. It's not going to go into distribution. Yeah, that's where uh, our friend Larry has it. And um, yeah, I'm never going to play that game because it's gross. <laughs> I don't want to play any poop related games. Well, what makes it especially gross is the little tiny silicone poops. Yeah. Uh, that really pushes it over the yeah. edge. It's but anyway, thematic. I appreciate that. But no, thank you. Yeah. So anyway, uh, stinky business. Uh, yeah, stinky business. Yeah, it's. It's not a worker placement game, but it's kind of worker placement y. It is so it's it's classified as area control, area influence, mm. card drafting, dice rolling, and hand management. I would call it area control in the same way that like Puerto Rico is area control. Mm, okay. It's not. I mean it is, but it's not it's I don't know. But yeah, the, the the like the first phase of the game, you lay down cards that represent the trash that you have to go collect, and then you can collect them. You can upgrade your garbage facilities to be better, uh, like more efficient, I guess. Okay. I bought this game purely based on the fact that it's about uh, collecting garbage. I didn't look at any reviews. I didn't. I didn't care if the game was bad or not. I read the back of the box and said, "Oh." Okay, this is about collecting garbage. What? And then I bought it. I have no idea if it's available in the United States. I'm sure it probably is, but I don't know if like a different publisher picked it up because I just have the original like European multi-language version. Because um, Funigan Games does a, I a do mule see service. If you see, if you look at Geek Market on uh-huh. Board Game Geek, there is looks like there is an American version, a U.S. version. Looks like there's a U.S. version, a German first edition mm, and okay. a, uh, Italian version. It looks like you know what? It's probably the same exact version because it was it's multi language. It was published at Essen a few years ago, but uh, yeah, Funny Game Games does a mule service where you kind of just they will buy games from Essen mm-hmm. and you pay for them. Hmm, okay, so that's where I got it, but I don't know if like. Asmodee published it or anything. I don't think they did. But uh, I would assume that there are some copies in America. <laughs> Since we talked about how many people owned the, the previous game, 138 people are listed as owning this game on BGG. Significantly less. Significantly less. So if you thought Dogs was a weird, obscure game, Stinky Business is more weird and more obscure. 
What's this? Ladies, ladies and gentlemen. So this one is about the world of glamour. Like, yeah, this game is kind of sexist. Okay. I think I've maybe played it twice ever. Okay. This one is definitely available in America. Unless oh, it's my print. God. Seriously. Yeah, are you reading it? Yeah. yeah. So here's what you do. There's teams, right? You're on a team. You and your teammate uh, are either a lady or a gentleman. The gentleman's job in the game is to work and make money, make as much money as they can possibly get. And then the lady's job is to spend all that money on jewelry and dresses and accessories. And it's... Uh, it's a game. Um, when we played, we had all the females that were playing were playing as gentlemen and all the dudes that were playing were playing as ladies just because that's how it worked out. It wasn't some weird so exercise. They want the players. The more fun and explosive the game will be if the players embody their characters. Flirtatious, oh, yeah. fashion obsessed ladies and rich, arrogant, pretentious gentlemen. Yeah, you have to role play. Oh, my God. It's it's a lot more fun if you if you I mean, ham it up. I mean, I feel like our game group would absolutely do that, yeah. but wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I don't, let's see, it was 2014 when I last played it. Yeah, it looks like the game came out in 2013, before everybody got, like, uh, I'm sorry, butthurt I, and, and, I, I and offended slightly by lied. It wasn't all of the, it wasn't all of the dudes were playing ladies and all the ladies were playing dudes. For example, I'm looking at my logged play and I was on a team with another guy. So one of us was a lady and one of us wasn't. We also had the worst score, probably because I was role playing too much. <laughs> and I wasn't worried about points optimization. Yeah. I was just worried about like, oh, my character is a lady who wants lady things. 2,000, almost 3,000 people own this game. Yeah. Well, it was published by uh, Asmodee. So, you know, easily obtainable. Hello. Yes. Do you want the window open? Yes? Is that a yes or a no? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you want... I guess you want the window open. Uh, excuse me, John D. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. Well, um... I, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a thing. Yeah, do you want to try it? Um, I, I mean... It's not a real-time game, so, I mean, I would try it. Four to ten players. Jeez. Interesting. Okay. It's a thing. Um, The next one we have on the list is Tricarian Legends. Mm -hmm. Of Illusion? Oh, Legends of Illusion. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, Have you played this? Uh, No, I have not. I've, uh, I've, I've seen other people play it, but I have not personally play it only because i don't particularly like um medium strategy games mm-hmm. um so i've kind of felt like tricarian probably is not for me but it does look quite interesting okay well it is a worker placement game um uh, you know it looks pretty beefy it is I would say it's a medium weight euro. I think that you're you're right. Um, it is set in the I want to say mid to late nineteenth century. Okay. Uh, and you are an illusionist. 
you're not a you're not a uh, trick trickster. Uh, I'm not going to quote the Arrested Development quote because I don't remember it, but you're an illusionist. Yes, a trick. A trick is something that you do for money. This is an illusion. So, you know, whatever that quote is. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't remember. Okay. <clears throat> but yes, it is a worker placement game. You have some uh, tricks that you can do. It's like a like a Wizard of Oz, but not from the first Wizard of Oz book, right? You know that was a book series, I guess. not just one movie. Yes, it's a lot of books actually. Yes, so the 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 Wizard of Oz had been a James Franco had been a I think he was James Franco who who played him in that in that movie The Great and Powerful Oz that was James Franco right I think so. Well, anyway, so you play as James Franco and you have magic tricks that you can do. You get fame points. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! This discussion officially went like oh yeah off we've, the beaten we path. cast this pod too far yeah um sorry I, I should mention I guess I should have mentioned this at the top of the hour I'm on cold medicine right now so if I sound like a little stuffy it's because I am uh but yeah 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 you play as a James Franco and you cast spells and stuff it's a like theatrical magician type situation like was popular in the mid to late 19th century because they didn't have movies they just had like dudes on the street doing sleight of hand not to be confused with dudes on the street stealing pickpocketing and such right as far as they were doing sleight of hand as well yes as far as i'm aware there is not a pickpocket mechanic in this game but i have not played it enough to have done everything there's something like 50 different magic tricks you can learn Jeez. so i have not done that there's i mean there's a lot going on here um let me pull up the board game geek page here i have it up right now um yes 48 different tricks 90 character abilities 40 special assignment cards so th- there's i don't know what that math is multiply all those together that's how many different combinations there are or, or whatever i mean that's a lot yeah there's an expansion coming out soon. It was on Kickstarter recently. And uh, I believe we have a copy of it in our board game library. Cool. So at some point, John D will play this game. Because Jared makes me play everything. That's correct. Except for Twilight Imperium. Uh, that is to be decided yet. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Okay, I know you've played this next one. Oh my god, I love this next one. It's like... So Cold Water Crown is mm-hmm. the next one. And it is definitely a weird theme and it's one that when we saw it at geekway all of us were like i think we picked it because it was weird yeah we were all like what a fishing competition board game Mm -hmm. and then when we played it we all really liked this game yeah including the random lady that the random lady that saw us playing and was like hey can i play that with you and we're like sure it's it's super weird and we all really enjoyed the game yeah, so, it's a slightly modified worker placement. Yeah. Because it's not worker placement, it's worker displacement. But yeah, eh, it, that's the same thing. But yeah, you have to uh, catch fish, go to various little places around the board and catch fish. To compete in like these various uh, fishing competitions. Mm-hmm. You have bait that is little, little cubes. There's cards of the fish, and I think what I like about it the most is, like, you may see what fish it is, 
but you don't know how big it is until you catch it. Right. I thought that was really cool because um, that affects how well you do in the tournament. Yeah. So you might be like, all right, I'm going to use use my turn here. I'm going to catch this fish. And okay, I know it's 13 inches long. Okay, but no one knows how long this fish is. Right. I have no idea how long yours is. So even though I think that I've got an okay fish, maybe I don't. Maybe well, my fish is. And awful. what I really liked is just I. I mean, I, I've never I've never been big on fishing, but I, I just like in actual fishing, you kind of know what kind of fish you can get in different right. areas, and you did in this game too. Like you knew if you were competing for a certain. Uh, trophy or whatever there were certain places you could go to get the fish you needed but you weren't guaranteed to catch those particular fish and you weren't guaranteed to get the best of those fish right and i really liked that it was it was the game is extremely well done so yeah it's by bellwether games and i i think everybody should play this game it's super weird theme um but everybody should get it they recently did a kickstarter for like a reprint and a new expansion yep i jumped on that to get that new expansion i missed it but i think occasionally the game shows up at like miniature market and stuff Mm -hmm. so it's not impossible to get a hold of well the expansion is well it's not out it's not out yet (laughs) but the the base game is not impossible to get a hold of it's it's not you're not going to find it everywhere, right? right but you right. can get it, and eventually the expansion will be out there as well. So, um, definitely give it a try, despite the super weird theme, or because of the super weird mm-hmm. theme, depending on um, the way you like to play games. You know, for some reason we were talking about how many people own things. Yeah, this one's like eight hundred. Oh well, yep, more people need to own it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I have no idea what Tricurion had for its uh ownership count i'd say it's pretty high i would say so too um probably higher than cold water crown but less than ladies and gentlemen that's my guess oh actually i'm way wrong it's 7.4 thousand uh, yeah that's extremely high <laughs> doesn't surprise me uh-huh. it's a pretty popular I'm, game i'm way wrong yeah so um, this next one is a super weird theme, and I absolutely it was your holy grail. It was my holy grail game. I actually I, I love this game. It was it was recently reprinted, so it's why I got a hold of it, um, or at least I think it was reprinted. Um, this is a game called Wombat Rescue, and I guess this is going back to the whole poop theme. Yep, and technically you're correct. It is a poop game. <laughs> yeah, so. I don't know how many people are aware of the fact that wombats in real life poop cubes. Um, they do that or scientists think that they do that because they have really poor vision. Mm-hmm. Um, so they poop the cubes so that their poop kind of stays where they leave it. And then the poop becomes smell markers so they can navigate where they need to go and where they've been and such. Yeah, it's like Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, only gross. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I don't know. That story is kind of gross, too, but it is actually. So in this game, you play as the mother wombat and there's a dingo that has come into your home and chased away your babies or taken your babies or whatever. And you have to eat food in order to poop cubes. And then you build a path with your poop cubes in order to get out and find your babies and bring them back to your Back to your burrow or whatever. So um, 
the 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 more poop cubes you lay, the more quickly you can get out and save your babies and get them back home. And then the, who, whichever player gets all their babies home first wins the game. So it's a really fun game and it's a super weird theme because a it lot is. of people don't even know that wombats poop cubes and then it's kind of a poop game. And Not kind of. Yeah, uh, it's it's real weird. But it's a it's like a modular board. It's got a it's got the grid movement, pick up and deliver. Uh, but it's it's really fun, and Jared will play it even though it is a poop game. I mean, I do own it, so yeah. So it, it's so. it's not blatantly disgusting, gross poop. You aren't playing mm-hmm, with yeah. like brown silicone things or anything. You're just playing with little square wooden cubes. So and adorable little wombat meeples. So Wombeeples. Wombeeples, yes. And then you get these player boards that are your mama wombat. It kind of shows yeah, her digestive, digestive track. system. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing that's weird about the game is your player your player board shows the mama wombat's digestive system because you have to digest the food that you're eating in order to poop. So um yeah, it's a super weird game. But uh after I played it the first time, I really, really wanted the game and I had trouble finding it every time I went to like miniature market or uh, cool stuff. It was always, always out of stock. So I believe it was at origins this year. I finally got it. So it, I now own the game. Yeah, you tried to get it in a trade at Geekway. I did, but it, it disappeared yep. before I was able to get it. So I was really excited when I got it this year. So I'll have to find a new Holy Grail game. Well, that's just a, a small sampling of some of the weird Weird themed games. So if you know of a weird themed game, tweet at us and tell us what weird themed games you like to yeah, play. We didn't talk about any of the like hospital themed games or. Because they're becoming fairly they common. Are. I mean, hospital theme, police theme, investigation theme, crime theme. Yeah. Um, those are all pretty common themes. Um, we were mentioning that we think Sagrada is a kind of a different theme, but it's not like, you know, wombat pooping cubes. Yeah. Weird. It's just like, oh, it's about building stained glass windows. It's just okay. something that a lot That's of people are like, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that. But like. It, yeah, it's not like. It doesn't stand up to. Wombats pooping cubes or um, building your garbage collecting business. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, um, tweet at us or send us a message on Facebook and tell us what weird themes you like to play. We want to hear. We should have put Pretty Pretty Princess on that list. That's really not that strange of a theme. Mm. Mm. Well, fine. Does that have player elimination? I don't remember. God, I don't remember either. Because we're also going to talk about player elimination. We are. So Specifically this... games that we, like, Johnny and I don't really like games with player elimination. Because they're not fun. to. It's not fun I... to be like, all right, well, I lost. Time for me to sit here and watch you guys have fun. Yeah, and it's really a, th- a, a mechanic that a lot, a lot of gamers just prefer not to play. Yeah. But there are a few games out there that, despite having that mechanic, people are like, you know, this is a pretty fun game, even though there's player elimination. So we thought we would talk about a few of those games. Just a few. Yeah, not not a ton. And um, only games that we like. Yeah. Like, we could put Secret Hitler on this game, but Johnny and I are both kind of over that game. Mm, definitely. Uh, I'm also kind of over Love Letter, but Love Letter's on this list because 
It's still incredibly popular. You know, and it's not like if someone is like, let's play Love Letter, I'm committing to anything more than a few minutes. That's true. I mean, if I'm going to play Love Letter, there's like I like the Cthulhu version better than mm-hmm. regular Love Letter. Um, but yeah, it definitely has player elimination, but the game lasts like 10 minutes. Yeah. So it, when you get eliminated, you're not going to sit there and be like, God, I have to sit here forever and watch you guys play this game. So there's that. There's also like a million re-themes. Yeah. So explain Love Letter, Jared, for people, for the few people out there that might have never played. So the theme of Love Letter, it, it was originally set in the Tempest universe, which is a series of games that AEG no longer publishes. So whatever. But um, the idea was you are trying to get your love letter to the princess. And the way you do that is you have to pass your note from person to person up the command chain, so to speak, to get it to the princess. In reality, it is a... uh, I, I wouldn't say it's like a social deduction game, like hidden roles game, because it's not really. Yeah, it's not really that. Although it has kind of elements of that. Not exactly, but it, it's a little bit there. It, it's it's hidden roles in the fact that you might be like, I think you have a guard. Yeah. But then but you, you play the cards that you have. It's not like. All right. So you have two cards in front of you. You play one, you replace it. But your card has powers. So like if you play a guard, you can't be targeted by someone else's powers that turn. Right, right. And the cards also have the victory conditions on it. Like the priest is like, look at another player's hand. Okay, I've looked at your hand. I know you have the king and the princess. Okay. Well, on my next turn, uh, I have a. Uh, I'm sorry, the guard doesn't let you, doesn't block you. It lets you name the guard is the one where you say, "Do you have the princess?" Yes, I think so. Yeah, it's uh, been a really long time since I played. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, the point is, like, I may know that you have the king and the princess, but when it comes around to my next turn, you might not have them anymore. Right. So I can be like, okay, well. I know you had the king, but you played the king and you traded hands. So this guy's got to have the princess now because the king is trade hands with another player. So you've got the princess. How can I make you lose? Because if you keep that princess card, you're going to win. How can I make you discard the princess? It's a really short game. It takes like 20 minutes to play. If even that. Right. It can go a lot more quickly. Uh, I think that probably everybody has a copy, at least one of the copies. I don't know if I do anymore. I think I donated ours to the library. Mm, You might have. Because we've got, let's see, there's the AEG printing. It was Tempest. There's the original Japanese one, like Factory Kanai version. Yeah, I have the version in the red bag. Right, right. So there was the bagged versions and the clamshell versions. Yeah. There was an Adventure Time one. There was... Batman. Batman. There was Letters to Santa. Cthulhu. Munchkin. There was an L5R one. There's a wedding one. Uh Uh-huh. That you can only get 
if you get married or you're attending a wedding. And I don't know if that one's even still available. Yeah, I don't know. It used to be you could only get it if, like, you were getting married. Mm-hmm. It was like, I think you had to write to them and show There's that you were There's a Hobbit married. version? Yep. Anyway, there's, like, a bazillion of them. Yep. It's like Munchkin. The Archer... There's a Star Wars one. Jeez. Yeah. So there's a, there's quite a few of them. S- I don't know, $10, $15, something like that. It's pretty cheap. Yep. It's. John D., what is this wine game? So it's kind of, di- it's kind of different. Um, you can play it with up to six, I believe it up to 16 players. Um, the. The BGG says eight players, but maybe they had two decks of it. What is, what is the it. name of this game? In Vino Morte. Well, that means death, death wine. Yep. So basically you, you, one player is basically like a host of a wine party or whatever. Apparently there's also a cheese expansion. Yeah. So the player hands out one card, like one glass of wine to everybody that's playing. You know that they will hand out at least one poisoned glass, but they can hand out more than one. So then you'll go around the table to each player, and the player can decide either to drink the glass that's in front of them by flipping over the card and looking to see what's there, or you can trade cards with another player. So you can look at your card and be like, "Mm, I don't think that he poisoned me. I'm going to drink it. Or you can be like, yeah, he might have poisoned me, but he might not have poisoned her over there. I'm going to trade with her. So you go around the table and there's a lot of card trading. And then when everybody has done, like had their, when everybody's had their turn, then everybody drinks their wine. And anybody that, that has um, been poisoned is out of the game. And then you keep playing rounds until there's only one person left. So uh, off camera, we were talking, and I don't know if you remember. Off camera means um, when we're not recording. When we're not recording. There's no, there's no camera here. Yeah. Uh, so off camera, we were talking about this ahead of time, and we were trying to remember what other game it was similar to that we had played. Yeah, there is Razor another. Razor Goblets. I looked it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which a... is also a, a very similar game, but I'm sure. No, I've never played this. I it was something called Drops Droplets of. A uh, little drop of poison. Yes, that's uh, the one that's I was thinking, thinking of. of. I was thinking of little drop of poison. Uh, I was thinking of, not that, but yeah, there's a, there's a few other similar games. Um, do you know enough about this to know how they play differently? No, I don't. Okay. I mean, this one was 100 percent like a bluffing and deduction party game. Okay. Because um, you can play with a ton of players. I mean, we played it with a bunch of people. We all just stood around a table and traded cards and got eliminated. Well, so in Raise Your Goblets, uh, each player has a plastic goblet. Um, and then, I guess this is how it differs. So each goblet either has wine, poison, or the antidote. So on your turn, that you get two actions. You can either peek inside your goblet, rotate all goblets left, rotate all goblets right, or swip with, swip, wow, swap your goblet with someone else's. Um, you can add a wine, poison, or antidote token to any goblet. Hello. Jeez, kitty. So it's a little bit different, but it seems like they have different ideas, different, different play styles, but at the same time, it's kind of a similar thought process, I guess. Going into yeah. It. Yeah. 
I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of wine related yeah. games these days. I mean, wine's a really popular like thing right now. Yeah. I mean, not that people haven't always liked to drink wine, but I think it's become like very much the forefront of people like to sit around and drink wine. And I do think it's funny that there is a cheese expansion for this game. Because, you know, everybody likes wine yeah. and cheese. And I guess that is coming to Kickstarter at some point, according to what I just looked up. I believe so, yes. I believe that's what I was told. Well, uh, I guess when that happens, we will talk about it again. Yeah. It seems kind of cool. Yeah, it was kind of fun. Oh, yep. Just sit down on my lap. That's fine, kitty cat. Well, I want to talk about Lifeboats, a game that ruins friendships. <laughs> I've had to buy this game twice because I don't know what happened to my first copy of the game. It's missing. Somebody probably burned it. I think probably. But I bought it again. Uh, you did not play this, but everybody else in our I group I did not. It. And everybody else in our group said they would never play it with you again. Because <laughs> I remember that. Our I friend didn't even John, win. Our friend John, like, hates this game. Well, he also did get the lowest score. <laughs> but that's the whole point of the game. Uh, it was originally published in German as Each Man for Himself. It is absolutely pure negotiation. There's you're basically throwing people off the boat. Yeah, there's no randomness. You have a deck of cards. You vote on who should get tossed out of the lifeboat. So I think it sounds amazing. A ship is sinking. You're on the lifeboats. The lifeboats are taking on water. There's not enough lifeboats for all the people. So it's Titanic. Yeah, you have to. You can you can switch boats. You can move you guys in and out the boats. If you have uh, a majority, you have more control. Um, so if the boat is at max capacity, when you have to put a leak token in, someone has to get tossed out. So you vote on who's going overboard to the sharks. I love this game. It sounds amazing. I absolutely love this game. I remember watching you guys play a little bit and I, I like games like this that have a little bit of a backstabby, um, element to them. Uh, it, the backstabby element is the entire game. Yeah, and I love backstabby games. Most people <laughs> will not play them with me because I get super backstabby. Mm -hmm. um, it's I love backstabby games. Yes, so, this game is kind of uh, well known for being a friendship killer. Jared, I would still be your friend after playing a backstabby game. Oh, great. Thanks. I don't know if it's still in print. Z-Man published it. It was last published. A while ago. So if you ever find a copy, pick it up. Just know that your friends are going to hate you. But that's okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm the kind of person that if something crappy happens to me in the game, I leave those feelings with the game. Yeah. I mean, I joke around about some games like, you know, almost causing my divorce, but it's just yeah. a joke. I mean... Jeremy and I argue about the game and then it, then we're done. Right. Like when I play Battlestar Galactica, if someone backstabs me in Battlestar Galactica, I'm mad at them. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? But then but, it's over. But when we put the, the game back in the box, like that's the whole point of the game. Yeah. And then now, it's over. If someone's being crappy about a thing in a game that's not part of the game, that's different. Yeah. Or if you catch somebody cheating. Right. But. If cheating is part of the game, then it's fine. Like Munchkin, if someone, if I catch someone cheating at Munchkin, that's part of the game. But I think this has gone to newer prints, but in the original printing of Munchkin, it said like. Cheating's okay. Yeah. If you can get away with cheating, 
go for it. Yeah, but if you catch somebody cheating at like a game that you're not supposed to cheat at, then then yeah, you can legitimately be like, I'm ticked off at yeah. you, and I might not want to play games with you anymore. But yeah, for the most part, I mean, backstabby games I think are super fun. But when we're done playing the backstabby game, I'm not gonna be like, you back, you stabbed me in the back. I'm really mad at you because it was a game that you were supposed to stab me in the back. Yeah, the exception to that is uh, any game that we play with your husband. Oh, but well, everybody stabs in the back. Yeah, we even when go for him. Even when it's not a backstabby <laughs> game, we all find a way to stab him in the back. <laughs> Poor guy always gets picked up. Yeah, well, you know, it's because of what he did in that one game that one time. Like three years ago. Yeah. It's just how it is. <laughs> He's accepted his fate. It's like when we play. Hold on, check this out. Check out this transition. It's like when we play Cash and Guns and everyone eliminates me on the first turn. That does happen. We don't go for Jeremy in that one. We go for you first, and then we go for Jeremy. Yeah. Because for some reason, everybody thinks it's fun to point the foam guns at Jared first. Well, Cash and Guns has, yes, like Johnny said, foam guns. You are uh, like thieves, and you've just pulled off a a heist, and you have to divide the loot. Yep. So one person is like the gang leader, the the Don, and uh, they're in charge of the game. And you have cards that are like represent the bullets you've got blanks and you've got real bullets i think you get three real bullets and the rest are all blanks something like that yeah so you go one two three everybody points their fake foam guns do not ever point a real gun at a friend but a fake foam gun from a board game is okay and inevitably everyone has used one of their actual real bullet cards on me Yeah. In the first round. But fortunately, you've learned just to cut it and run. Yeah. And then you don't get shot. When you've got guns pointed at you, you can either call the bluff and be like, okay, you guys didn't put real bullets on here. Or you you can say like, I give up. So if If you you, give up, then you don't get shot, but you also don't get any of the loot. Right. But if you get shot, you also get shot and don't get any of the loot. Right. And then you can only get shot three times, then you're eliminated from the game. And it's not three rounds. It's not if you get shot over three rounds. If you get shot three times. times. So if you're playing like an eight player game and everyone is pointing their gun at you, you go, okay. Did they all use bullets? Or even if they didn't all, there's a good chance if eight people are pointing a gun at you that at least three of them are using a real are using a bullet. So um, at that point, you should just cut and run and be like, I'm just not going to get any loot. Otherwise, I'm out of the game for the rest of the rounds. Right. So you chicken out and the original printing, you got a penalty for chickening out. Uh, But in the newer prints, it's just you don't get part of the money. Because I feel like that's a penalty in itself. It is like the the chicken token from the original printings of the game was dumb because yeah, it counted against you. So I don't know. I, I do like the newer printings. It's a fun little game. And there's like promos that you can get that are it like is. different characters. Um, there's a, there was a ninja star in the first edition of the game. Yeah. There's like an get. Uzi or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think I have all of the stuff that's for the second edition. Yeah. So there's like different guns that you can get and it's, it's a fun little game. It's definitely a party game, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's easy to play. Party game. You can teach it to people like so quick. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. there's like nothing to the game. It's just hand out some foam guns and some cards and you can be playing in like five. Yes. Minutes. So, yeah, I I actually enjoyed the game quite a lot um, for a party game. I, f- I honestly think that if you play with a mixture of rules from the first edition and the second edition, you're going to have a better time. Because I believe in the first edition, it was if you get shot, 
you're out of the round. That's it. I don't remember. I played the first edition the very first time we played because yeah. the first edition had black guns mm-hmm. with like little red tips. And then the second edition has orange guns. I think it's the other way around. Uh-uh. Well, I'm not going to open. Because they didn't want to make the guns look. Uh, the argument was that the black guns looked too real or whatever. I think so. this one has. Well, that one doesn't have anything because it's just the. Yeah, my guns, think my one, guns are orange. And the only copy I own is the second. Printing. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not going to look it up because it doesn't matter. But yes, there are different versions of the guns. So just uh, be careful. Don't don't point out. Even if you think the gun is not loaded, don't ever point a real gun at anyone. Correct. It's gun safety 101. Keep the keep the safety on and don't point it at anyone. Even if you personally just unloaded the gun and took the whole thing apart, don't point it at anyone. The more you know. All right. So Jared <clears throat> was in Japan recently. Allegedly. And uh, you brought back a whole bunch of like weird Kit Kats. Yes. Like I've never even dreamt that some of these play- these flavors existed. Yes. So I thought it would be fun to kind of talk about some really odd uh Kit Kat flavors. Yeah, that, that that's fine. So um the one I thought that was the weirdest in your list of Kit Kats was uh purple sweet potato. Mm-hmm. I mean I can't even imagine that as a Kit Kat. Have you tasted one of those? Uh I have not tasted that Kit Kat, but I have had uh emo before, which is what the sweet potato is. I just can't imagine it as a Kit Kat. Um yeah that's that's fine. Um I don't know. There's there's a lot of weird flavors. We didn't we didn't get as many as there are. Uh, and I don't know if you know this or not, but in Canada and Europe, there are also lots of weird flavors. Of I knew there were in Canada. Um, America's just boring and we don't yeah. have lots of weird Kit Kat yeah. flavors. America Kit Kats have. White uh, chocolate. Yeah, white chocolate if you're lucky. Milk chocolate. If you can find and one. Sometimes dark chocolate. Um, if you go to an international market, you might be able to get some funky flavors, but they'll be like an Americanized version mm. of the funky flavors. So they won't be quite like the ones that you can get from like Canada or Japan. So they're a little different. Yeah. And uh, Japan does a lot of limited edition flavors. We got one. We got one of the limited edition what ones. What was that one? Uh, Tokyo Banana, which is a different candy. So they did like a team up with Tokyo Banana. Okay. So... Uh, so know, so weird. what is Ho- Hokkaido? Uh-huh. Hokkaido melon? What is that? Um, Hokkaido melon is, if you've ever played a Yoshi game, uh-huh. is the melon that they have there. Those like weird white melons that are not cantaloupes, but kind of look like cantaloupes. Oh, okay. And there's two different sake flavor? Mm, there's more than two that they make, but we only got two. Okay. Okay. So I'm just going to go down this list here. We got apple. We got Tokyo banana. We got grape. We got wasabi. Are those actually hot? No. They're just the flavor. I was expecting something a little bit more. Uh, Like it definitely had the aftertaste of wasabi, but it mostly just tasted like white chocolate. It was kind of disappointing. Disappointing. Okay. Um, The purple sweet potato. uh, Tea. How do you pronounce the what you the Japanese? Uh, And I'm just assuming that she wrote the right thing here. Um, Uji Hojicha. Okay. Ume sake, which I don't know what the difference between ume sake and Japan sake flavor is. Um, yeah, Hokkaido melon and mascarpone cheese. The mascarpone cheese sounds amazing. Well, it's it's that's all one flavor. Right. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Oh, the melon and mascarpone yes. cheese is all one flavor. Yes. 
Okay. Well, it still sounds like it would be pretty awesome. There's also like four different kinds of green tea flavored Kit Kats. Uh, I've had all of them, I think. Well, all the ones that are standard, there might be a special edition one that I haven't had. Um, we specifically this time got Uji Matcha and Sakura Matcha. Sakura meaning like cherry blossom. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's peach. There's, I think, two or three, yeah, three different strawberry ones that I know of. Um, we just got one of them, and I don't remember which one we got. Um, chestnut, cookies and cream. Th- this says flan. It was the, like, uh, Halloween flavor this year. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's not flan. It was said, like, caramel pudding. So but Japanese pudding is flan. Okay. Uh, raspberry, there was a box of like holiday exclusive premium ones that had butter, strawberry, maple, pistachio, raspberry. I've had the pistachio raspberry before. That sounds amazing. It was available as a limited edition flavor Wait, before. Butter? Uh-huh, butter. Like just butter? Uh-huh. Butter? Uh-huh, butter. <laughs> okay. Um, a dark chocolate, a dark chocolate with almond, matcha with almond and cranberry, which is another one that I've had before. Um, white, which... I assume it's just white chocolate, chocolate. which I've had before. Bitter, which is different than the dark chocolate, but I don't know. I'd imagine it'd be like like maybe a higher concentration of dark chocolate. Well, then there's raw, which is semi-sweet, and ruby, which is a whole new kind of chocolate that apparently they invented. That is not dark chocolate. It's not white chocolate. It's not. It has no milk. Right. It's not milk chocolate. It's used these weird purple cocoa beans that are kind of berry flavored. Interesting. Yeah. um, There's a pamphlet on it somewhere. Oh, it's over there, but it's all in Japanese. So, I mean, I could give it to you and show it to you, but. But it wouldn't mean anything to me. Right. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We saw a lot more flavors that we did not get. Like, there's a a red bean sandwich one that I wanted to get, but it probably would have been weird and gross. (laughs) I I love red bean I think yeah, that I it's like one of my favorite paste. flavors, but we didn't get the Kit Kat. There were some more, like, the direct translation is like, ad- adult favorite. But they have a whole, like, subline of Kit Kat flavors that are stronger flavored. Like, there's a strawberry one that has little flecks of strawberry, and they're, they're the premium flavors. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so was it an entire store of just Kit Kat oh, stuff? Oh yeah, there's it's called Kit Chat Kit. Oh wow, Kit Kat Chocolatory. There's the bag right next to you, actually. Uh, no, like like right next to you. Oh yeah, I see it. Yeah, cool. They also gave us a present for spending so much money there, which is a little magnet. <laughs> That's really funny. They also gave a present at the Pokemon store for spending so much money. That does not surprise yeah. me that you guys spent so much money at the Pokemon store. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a uh, a whole store about Kit Kats. There's several of them. There's there's one in Seattle, maybe or somewhere that you can like design your own pack, which just means you get to pick a couple different flavors and they put them in a box together. Cool. Uh, I'm sorry, no, it's it's in Australia. It is not in Seattle. Oh, okay. Um, That's a big difference. Yes. Well, I didn't remember where it was. (laughs) Clearly, I didn't remember. So if you're ever in Australia, look up the Kit Kat Chocolatory. Or if you're ever in Japan, just go to Don Quixote or literally any kind of store that has stuff. And you'll be able to like there's a 7-Eleven in Haneda Airport. Well, okay, 
if you're in Haneda Airport, go up to the fifth floor and go to Sora Donkey, and you're going to find way more Kit Kats there than you will in the 7-Eleven. It's a life pro tip for you there if you're ever traveling. Because Kit Kats are important. Yeah. Well, okay, Kit Kats are a huge cultural thing in Japan for some reason. A lot of Japanese people think that Kit Kats are Japanese, not that they're American chocolate. And, uh, I mean, it's just marketing gone exactly correct. Uh, Kit Kat kind of has a, a translation, not necessarily. It just happens to be very similar to the way that you say certain to win. So Kit Kats are used as a gift during exam times, um, as like a good luck charm kind of thing. So a lot of Kit Kat packages in Japan, you can like give as a gift and you can write like a inspirational message on the back of it. Cool. I mean, I wouldn't mind getting candy as a good luck yeah. gift. Um, I, According to this, uh, I don't know what it is, this website that I'm looking at, Japan has produced about 45 different flavors of Kit Kat, and this was as of 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, that's changed. That has probably more than doubled. Uh, <laughs> did I say cookies and cream? I don't you know did. if cookies and cream. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's... It's not cookies and cream like you would think of like an Oreo. It's the the cream flavor is milk. Okay. So it's like. It's not it's good. Different. <laughs> you bought it because it wasn't good. Well, I didn't buy it because it wasn't good. I didn't know it was You were hoping good. it. You were hoping it would be but good. It, it was not good. Okay. Experimenting. Um, I think my favorite one so far has been the sake ones. Interesting. They taste exactly okay. like sake. Oh. Okay. So it's pretty interesting. There was also like a special edition Mount Fuji one that came in a Mount Fuji box. Oh, neat. We didn't we didn't get that one. There were a lot that we just just didn't get. Well, I mean, it's not like you could get every single one. Uh, we could I mean, have. You could. Could have. You could. It's a lot, mm. a lot of Kit Kat. Yeah. Well, next time we'll get more. All right. Kickstarters. Yep. We have three that we'd like to mention. Yeah. Um. So the first one comes with a well, kind of a sad story. Yeah, a whole story. Yeah. Um, Essen was recently. Yes. And several companies had a bit of bad luck. Uh, several companies had experienced some theft, and yeah. it was pretty substantial theft for several of them. Um, a few companies, Japan Made Games, Artipia Games. Um, i trying to remember who else. Um, but they had a substantial amount of money stolen from their booths. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, it's, it's actually, it's just really unfortunate. Like, uh, with Japanime, uh, somebody basically just asked, um, they, asked them, yeah, they tricked the guy into tri tricked him into showing them where, showing the, money where the money was and then came back later and stole all their money and, and like their phone and their iPad. Cause it was all just in like one backpack mm -hmm. or whatever with our tipia. Um, they were, the, they worked in a group. The thieves worked in a group and distracted the person working at their cash register while somebody else stole the entire cash yeah, register. The entire cash register. Um, now, some of you might be questioning that story. Like, how does someone pick up a cash register and walk out of it out of a convention? Well, here's the thing, right? It's a huge, huge convention. You know, I can see it. If I went to Gen Con and saw someone 
walking away from a booth with a cash register. I might I, think they just work for yeah, the company. I would assume that they're supposed to be t- they're like, oh, that cash register is broken. They're, they're taking it. Yeah. And I, I imagine, wouldn't think that guy just stole that cash register. Right. I wouldn't either. I would think that they're supposed to be doing that. Right. And I can I can totally see like as a person working in the booth, if you're really, really busy and there's a ton of people in the booth and one person is asking you a ton of questions, I can see very easily becoming distracted. And if that person was very quick about taking that cash register, I can see that happening. I mean, it's heartbreaking that this happened. Um, Some of the other people that it happened to, there's uh, Gotha games where um, they got robbed uh hub games lost about three thousand euros so there were several game what companies. is that like twenty dollars yeah it's a lot no i'm joking that. i'm joking um so yeah a lot of of board game companies were robbed this year and you know i'm not going to get into whether or not like there, yeah, there's we're not a lot get of into the reasoning i mean there's a anything. lot of security issues with essen um essen probably needs to work on stepping up their security a little bit but the fact of the matter is it's really tragic that this happened. Yeah. So uh, our Tipica, uh, our Tipica, our Tipia is actually doing in a Kickstarter right now mm-hmm. to try to recoup some of their lost money um, by by uh, releasing some promo packs for several of their games. Yes, promo packs. And they are like the add ons for the campaign are some of their popular games with. And this is I cannot stress this enough. Free shipping. Artipia in the past has had some of the worst shipping that I've ever encountered on Kickstarter. You buy a $35 game and have $20 in shipping. Yeah, so this is a great chance to pick up some of those games that you might have wanted to get in the past and just haven't. So the promos are for A Thief's Fortune, which is, um, I guess, what happened to the guy that stole the cash register. Yep. Fields of Green, which is what he's seeing now that he's stolen all the cash. <laughs> the pursuit of happiness. Which money can't buy happiness. Whoosh, which is the sound that it makes when someone steals something. And Kitchen Rush, which is... Uh, well, he, what he could be doing with the money? Yeah, he could... <laughs> <laughs> he could be enjoying... I'm sorry, these were all... This was this was bad. Bad taste. But yeah, the Thieves Fortune, Field of Green, Kitchen Rush, Pursuit of Happiness, and Whoosh Bounty Hunters. These are, these are the games that they're having promos for. And also you can add on those games... You can do an add-on for Thieves' Fortune, Kitchen Rush Expansion, which is the Piece of Cake expansion, Fields of Green, Fields of Green Expansion, which is the Grand Fair expansion, Whoosh with a playmat, 13 Ghosts, and Treachery in a Pocket. And the prices on here all include worldwide shipping, not just in one country. These are worldwide shipping. So it sucks that this happened, but you can take advantage of it by getting some great games and helping this company out. Yeah. All right. Well, the next one doesn't have a story. It does not. We talk about this a lot. We do. So roll and write games are becoming um, pretty popular. I I mean, they've kind of been around for a while, but right now they've just really kind of become the new the new hot thing Mm -hmm. in um, board games. Um, So this one is Welcome to. And every time I have tried to buy this game, it has been sold out. So I actually mentioned that a while back on one of their uh, Instagrams and they're like, well, we're going to have Kickstarter soon. I was like, well, OK, um, I probably wouldn't have backed the Kickstarter if it weren't for the fact that I want the dang game. Yeah. And this was the only way that I felt like I was going to get it. Otherwise, I probably would have skipped this Kickstarter, to be completely honest. I don't really care about the expansions. I just want the game. So um, I'm back in the game and I'm going to get it. I, I did. They're, they're adding a playmat. 
And not too long ago when I was at Grand Con, um, I got to play the game with a prototype of the playmat. And the playmat is actually, I think I mentioned that in a recent, in one of our other episodes. And the playmat is actually really cool. Um, it, it just kind of gives you a layout of the game and it's got um, some of the, you know, explanations of, yeah. of. I wouldn't say that it's necessary, but my no, God, it helps. It does. It helps a lot. So um, I definitely am excited that I'm going to get the play mat. Um, I'll actually get the game. Um, there'll be some thematic um, score pads. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's expansions that are like diff- just different like themes and stuff. So, yeah, Welcome to is a really fun uh, roll and write game. And if you have it, there are levels where you can just get like the play mat and the score the thematic score pad refills and um the stretch goals and city plans which are the expansions um or if you if you like me have not been able to acquire the game because it's always sold out everywhere then this is your chance to actually make sure you get the game yes uh and now as far as i can tell you have two choices you either can get the game with the double-sided dry erase sheets which were a thing that was not available originally. Or you can get the game with the dry erase sheets and all the extra crap. There doesn't appear to be a way to just get the game and the new, the quote-unquote thematic neighborhood sheets. You have to get either just the game or the whole shebang. I mean, honestly, the whole shebang is uh, $69. So that's really not a bad deal. Like I said, the playmat's really cool. So $69 is really not uh, not a bad not a bad deal. Right. I think there's just going to be some people that just are like, I want the game and the new stuff, not necessarily the playmat and blah, 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 which you can do if you do the just base game pledge and you do like add-ons. But so, it's a bad deal to do it as with add-ons. I don't know. I mean, so the starter home. <sighs> Let's you get just welcome to. Yeah, with the new double-sided dry erase sheets, which were nowhere available until just now. I mean, you could have done it yourself. You could have laminated some sheets yourself. Yeah, so all you get is welcome to for the $25 mm-hmm. starter home. Um, and I thought about just doing that since I want the game, but I thought, you know, I'm back in the Kickstarter anyway. Why not just get everything? Because if I don't, then later on, I might decide, hey, I really wish I would have gotten everything. So... Um, that's the dilemma that I, you know, I urge you if you can afford it, you know, I know it's going into the holidays, so you might want to save your money for holidays, but you know, if you can swing it, do everything because it's a good game and having the extra stuff, you know, it's worth it. It, It's a fun game to play and you can play it with as many people as you want. So if you've got 10 people over at your house and you guys want to play a game, you can play welcome too. And it's, it's, you can play a game that's not a party game. Yeah. So, and at some point we'll do something, some kind of event with this game. Yeah. Because I believe in this game. I like it a lot. Yeah, me too. I do too. So. So, yeah, consider backing it, especially if you haven't been able to get the game. Yeah. Um, the other one I want to talk about is uh, a game by Flying Lemur Game Studio. It's called Dark Side of the Mine. John, do you have to read your quote? Um, okay, yeah. I am quoted <laughs> on the Kickstarter campaign page. And... Jared says my picture looks super weird, but mm-hmm. they use my picture and everything. Um, so I said Dark Side of the Mine is a thematically and mechanically solid game. I love how it isn't just a good game with a theme plastered on. 
The theme really fits with the game. The strategic choices you get each round keep you engaged until the very end of the game. I like it. Mm-hmm. Well, what a glowing endorsement. Um, so I got to I played <laughs> I played the prototype of a prototype of this game when I went to Dice Tower Con. And it's a really, really fun game. It's got this really cool mechanic. Uh, the cards are set up in a circle. And it's got this really cool mechanic as you're moving around. The dark side of of this mine actually moves around. And and if you end up getting stuck in where that dark side is, you can't really do anything. You can't communicate because it's basically the dark side and all the communications right. and everything. It's got this, it's a really cool mechanic. Um, and this and this dark side is constantly moving. So um, I really like that mechanic. It's just like in real life how once the sun sets, uh, you can no longer make cell phone calls. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, it would be kind of like, uh, the Mars Rover when it gets to the right. other side of Mars, because it we, can't. Yeah. Cause we don't have a way to bounce the signal. Right. Back to right. the dark And side. so that's kind of the, the idea here yeah. with this mechanic. Um, so you are trying to mine different types of ores that are needed to keep, you know, societies running and stuff. Um, the game's just really, really cool. And, the, the Kickstarter's kind of um, having trouble having trouble making their goal. Uh, they've got 20 days left to go, and they still have about $8,000 left to get. So, I, you know, I don't know if they're going to make their goal. And if they don't, I'm sure that they will relaunch later uh, because it's too good of a game to not get published. Um, so I would highly encourage you guys to back it. It is on Tabletopia or Tabletopia. I'm not sure. I think it's... I think it's Tabletopia. Yeah, that's but what I've always. It's on there. You can try it out. It's not set up as solo on Tabletopia, so you have to maybe get get another person to play it with you. But it gives you a chance to try the game if you aren't a hundred percent sure that you want to back it without knowing anything about it. You can get on there. It's completely free. You don't have to subscribe. Um, it's just a free to play. So get on there, give it a try, and I I feel like you're gonna like the game if you get a chance. Yeah. So check out all of those um, as usual. If you are listening to this on our website, then just scroll down. You can see all the links to this if you're listening to it on um, iTunes or Google Play or whatever and have not yet given us uh, all the stars. Give us all the stars and then go look at our website and check out the links or just Google them. That's fine, too. If you don't want to go to our dumb website and instead want to Google all of those Kickstarters. That's fine. I'm not going to get mad at you. Yeah. I mean, they're easy to find if you just Google these things or go to Kickstarter and, and search them. You'll yep. find them. Yep. 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 So, uh, yeah. Uh, Jared, until next time. Until next time, John, do you can eat shit and dice. All right. production of Swin Media and is distributed under a Creative Commons license. Attribution, non-commercial, share alike, 4.0 international.